Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Hold On To The Colours podcast. My first guest is synesthesia researcher Caroline Kerwin and we had a very interesting chat and I hope you find it as interesting as I did. Hey Caroline, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Hi. Yeah. That's good, that's good. You're surviving the zombie apocalypse. Yep, so far. <laughs> I know, it's a bit crazy. That's that's the first port of call when you talk to somebody. You're like, hey. So, yeah. yeah, it's like, how's the crazy coronavirus going? Absolutely. You know? yeah. <laughs> so how did you get into um, studying synesthesia? Ah, oh, right. Well, I was doing a master's at Sheffield about five years ago. Mm. Um, and one of the classes we were doing was about, I, my master's was in psychology and music. And one mm-hmm. of the classes we were doing was in about cross-modal correspondences, which sort of like the commonalities about people thinking like high notes are brighter and lower notes are darker and that sort of thing. And they put on the board two blocks of colour, a blue and a, and a red one and said that, you know, people with this condition called synesthesia might feel that sort of example, C major might be blue or an A major would be red. And I thought that's the wrong way around. That's completely the wrong way around. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done this and I, I've never heard of the condition before. Yeah. And, uh, and I've done this all my life with also with, with music and with um, days of the week and months and this sort of stuff. Just thought everybody did. And that day I discovered that they didn't. Right. <laughs> and I, so that's when I found out. Um, that I was interested in synesthesia, well, I was interested that I had it for a start. Oh. And um, I did a master's dissertation on it and then carried on doing PhD now to look a little bit further. Oh, wow. So it was quite late yeah. when you found out. Yeah, I mean, it's something I'd always, always have. I just didn't know there was a thing, it, it was called anything, or that other people didn't do exactly the same stuff, you know, so, so yeah, it you, was quite late. So do you have a quite intense, would you get a very intense... <sighs> Not for me, strangely, my music one is quite sort of moderate. Yeah. Like. It's nothing. Yeah. That... Sort of the thing, yeah. But for that, I get it more for things like um, numbers, days of the week, okay. and months and things like that. And I've got a very strong sense of what certain colours are associated and what's right and wrong. And sort of oh, also, cool. um, I get it more for with music, it's more about things like thinking about a key, like D major or something. Okay. And I get this feeling of colour associated with it and it is really a feeling rather than a you know it's in my mind's eye yeah I get what you mean I get what you mean I I kind Uh of um I seen some it was on a jazz I was watching some jazz documentary about a kind of blue and there's a guy talking about synesthesia and it sounds like Uh I was like that sounds like I mean everyone's got that because I know when I hear you know when I do stuff with uh music I hear colors or you know like the way you describe it's more in your head because when you're trying to describe it to people it's quite I never describe it quite good because I'm always like, it's hard to explain, but it's easy to explain for me because it's in my head. And, you know, it's like if I hear every time I hear a flute, it always sounds blue to me, like light blue flutes. Yes. But others, other things can kind of sometimes change depending on the song and music that I kind of relate to more is like music that would have a lot of instruments and a lot of stuff going on because it's very colorful for me as opposed to, we'll say, more darker or like uh um how would i describe sparse stuff it'd be more kind of whitey in that kind of vibe yeah i'm sort of i i don't get much from 
individual tones. You know, some people mm-hmm. can get a colour, play a G and they get a certain colour. Mm-hmm. Mine's got to be contextual. It's got to be within, yeah. you know, sort of a whole piece of music or something. Yeah. It's very difficult. That's that's with some of these, um, they've got various batteries and test standard tests that people have sort of, like you sort of, they play you a, I play you a tone and you, and you choose whatever colour and they play you a tone again later on and you choose a different colour. That doesn't work for me at all mm. because quite often, I think it's for me it's got to do with um, concept and, and yeah, what it actually means to me and the music and the emotional side as well. And, and it's not just about a perception of a sound. You know, yeah. it has to be, yeah, other, other stuff as well. So, yeah, for me it, it quite often is a whole piece of music. But it's not every time either. I don't know about you, but I mean, sometimes I, sometimes something will just leave me completely cold, and I yeah. think that's cool. oh no, yeah. totally the same. Yeah. And my yeah. mood, I notice as I've got older, it's kind of quite changed in a weird way. Uh, maybe it's to do with my mood, and I'm getting more curmudgeon like. But it, it, my <laughs> mood has a big part of it because I, I don't know. Is there a connection between like um, synesthesia and we'll say like mental health problems like depression and OCD and stuff like that? Which I always wonder. No, maybe. Well, I don't know. There might, and there might, might very well be because again, you know, sort of, it does. It does seem to be associated with emotion. You get mm-hmm. much, much stronger. Well, I get a much stronger um, sensation or experience if I'm particularly emotional about something or happy. Or you know, I think. I do. I think it's just a a, a different way of expressing abstract concepts yeah. myself, rather than being an odd thing maybe we all do it to a, to a degree but that possibly I mean from what you're saying possibly it could be I don't know mm-hmm. for sure but I mean I wouldn't be at all surprised if that yeah were yeah yeah but I, I, it was it's um funny you should say that about the keys because I never thought about that people get synesthesia like we'll say G or E minor or B flat seven or something like that and that that's never the case with me it's always like no. a, a sound or an instrument or an atmosphere or something like that. It's like a kaleidoscope sometimes, that kind of way. But it's never yeah, it's I never think... a chord or anything like that. Or no, oh, should I say. Sometimes, um, I think it, it, it really just depends. You say timbres are important, mm-hmm. I think, you know, different types of... I mean, for example, you played a tune on a tin whistle and, a, and the same thing on a cello. It's not going yes. to get the same you know, sort of experience necessarily, because it's very, very different timbre. That's important. But everybody's different. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's um, idiosyncratic, full stop. You know, I don't, probably don't even get the same colours yes. that you would get. Yeah. Certain sounds with yeah. totally different ones. It's just a personal experience and what it means to you, I feel. And it's chromesthesia, yeah. isn't it, to do with music more? That's probably more an apt term than synesthesia. It's under the umbrella of synesthesia. Yeah, chromesthesia is to do with sound. So in fact, Chromosphere or colour to do with, you know, so it's sort of, <laughs> it encompasses music, mm-hmm. but also everyday sounds as well. People also get it from a, a barking dog or a car horn oh, okay. or, you know, so yeah, certain sounds on an aeroplane or, you know, so it's just, I think chromosphere is, is the umbrella term for that that, that elicits from sound. Right. So, yeah, so, I, I, yeah. This is a weird question to ask you, but when I was a kid, I used to always ask my mother, you know, she make me scramble legs and I'd say, make them taste like clouds. Now, to me, when I uh, ate them, they tasted like clouds. But yeah. I don't know, is that synesthesia? You know more than I would. But I was like, I was so like, was that synesthesia or was that just me being weird? Well, it, it's a strange thing because um, one of the research was Sitaric said um, he interviewed somebody. Um, it's, it's, it's quite a, 
a story that goes around the circuit about synesthesia and stuff that, that the guy was saying he couldn't he was cooking dinner and he couldn't serve the chicken because it wasn't pointy enough there weren't enough points on the chicken okay wow so that's another thing because you get you get the same thing um people have synesthesia with taste and also so many combinations okay. you know taste and smell and touch and all there's just you know combinations of all sorts of stuff right so not just about sound it's not just about color so i mean also with music i don't know about you but i get um sensation of shape moving landscapes as well yep when i listen to yeah it's sort of it's because it's you know it's an unfolding over time thing music is difficult to get your head around this abstract concept so to speak of of music unfolding because once it's gone it's gone and i sort of it's sort of like a map yeah sort of you know um so there's there's so many different types of synesthesia yeah you know it's sort of yeah i think more than we realize and because a lot of people don't know they've got it yeah just as i so sometimes it's, it's an it's not i'm not really conscious of it if you know what i mean like sometimes yeah. i'm just kind of not aware of it like but the other night i remember i was just in bed listening to something and uh it was like i was like aware of something and then it was like red tulips were just falling in my brain kind of type thing which is like oh that's kind of yeah. strange you know but it's weird because it's, it's it's uh i find it difficult to explain to people who don't have it so i never really meet anyone who has it and i just, i end up going around in circles and sounding like i'm crazy so it's uh at least yeah at least you know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> that's been it that's a real problem with synesthesia research as well though is because quite often the only evidence you can have is is self-report mm-hmm. people describing it and there are certain sort of behavioral tests and things like that you can do um sort of do you know have heard of a stroop test or something um before no, what's that? You, know, you might probably probably would have heard of it it's one thing you know if you have colors written words of colors like orange blue green but written in the wrong ink so they're the wrong color right so then you have to say as quickly as you can what the word says even though it's in the wrong color okay. and often this is called a, a, a stroop effect because often there's a a longer reaction time for you saying what the word says if it's written in non incongruent color it's like the wrong color it's sort of like oh for a bit and so they use can use a certain the same sort of test with certain types of synesthesia for example um if you've got colors for numbers mm-hmm. they might do exactly the same with numbers and they just test if it's written in the wrong color for your synesthesia you know using blue and you have green then there can be a longer time for you to say you know that is what the number is and so they can measure this and see there's a significant difference between those numbers that are in the right color for you and the wrong those mm-hmm. numbers that are in the wrong color and so you can sort of show that there's some interference there's something's going on okay. other than you saying that you've got mm-hmm. whatever color and of course since sort of like the 80s we've got sort of fmri and stuff like that there have been investigations into what's going on in the brain as well which we weren't, weren't able to do that before so there's more going on yes. about trying to work out what's happening although at the moment those types of neurological studies are still quite inconclusive. Okay. So, you know, yeah, other than you just telling me and me telling you, we go, oh, yeah, I get it. Everybody else going, you're both really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you're just weird people. (laughs) Do you think, I always thought it's, it's it's quite a dormant thing within people because I think if you push someone long enough, they might mm. actually kind of go, you know, like that, that whole phrase, it's a blue, I'm having a blue day. I mean, everyone in the world that would know that phrase could probably relate to that feeling. So yeah. could it be like some sort of dormant thing in our mind that 
our brain that everyone kind of has, but just more people are more susceptible or to it. The difference, I think, between understanding culturally mm-hmm. that bloom is, is associated with being sad mm-hmm. or something like that, or various various things like that. Um, whereas with synesthesia, it's the difference. I think it's a conscious experience. It's something that happens automatically, and it's a, it's like it's not just a, a, an association between thinking, oh, it's blue and it's sad or it's it's white and it should be a wedding or something, or those types of associations. It's something that's an actual happens as a phenomenal experience, a conscious experience. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the, the difference between the two things. Although it could be, of course, mediated by those things and learned associations that we've known. So it's difficult to say what that it categorically is caused by the same thing. Although I it's hard to explain, but I do think that synesthesia or certain types of synesthesia, you can't really put it all in one mm-hmm. lump because there's so many different types and might all work through different mechanisms altogether. So those types of synesthesias that sort of are listed by sort of concept, like we were discussing, before, you know, like we were thinking before and that sort of stuff, um, might very well be common to the whole population in different levels on a sort of a spectrum, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't think... Um, I don't think it's wise or, or right to say that synesthesia works like this. Every single bit it works like this. The ones that you've got, one I've got, the one that I think is people who get notes and stuff. Every all sorts of things could be going on. Um, so I think it's quite it's quite interesting. Yeah, to have to find out how our more about how our minds work and cognition and consciousness generally and that stuff. Yeah. So, but it could it could be. I couldn't say no. Okay. I can't say yes either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had seen a documentary years ago on synesthesia and some guy said he had it really bad that he would mm-hmm. always get synesthesia with road signs. So he was crashing oh, his car yeah. all the time. And I was like, well, that's kind of crazy. Like, do you have you heard much or most cases where it's actually detrimental to the person than more like something that is kind of more beneficial or not too bad for them? Extreme as that. Yeah. No, I have, heard, have said to me before, is it something that gets in the way? Or I haven't heard that any. I haven't heard any reports of people saying that it gets in the way of their general life yeah. or anything like that. Sort of the. I think um, it can have um, some benefits. For me, I can remember credit card details quite easy because of the colours okay. associated with the numbers and stuff like that. Um, but it's only associated with the type of synesthesia that I've, I've got. I haven't got a great memory for everything necessarily, but that, that it is useful, you know, for, for that type of stuff. Um, I suppose it depends, doesn't it? I mean, not, uh, on how you experience it. If you're someone yeah. who gets colours outside the body, what they call a projector, rather than our form, which is associative, mm-hmm. associators, maybe it could get in the way, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, if you, apart from that report, do you, I mean, do you find yours gets in the way no, at all? No, 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 no. Maybe I'm just weird because of it, or maybe, you know, I'm always trying to figure out what's wrong with me anyways. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a goal of life I'm trying to get through. Yeah. I, have, it's just sorry, I do have kind of weird stuff that I don't know if it's synesthesia though, but um, it's, uh, I will like hear a song and I go, oh, that sounds like California. Now, I've never been to California. And I don't know what it sounds like, California, but I know for sure if I went to California, that's exactly how it would sound. That's I know yeah. that's so weird to say, <laughs> but it's 
you know, it could be my OCD. I don't know, but it's that to me, that's real, whether it's real or not. But you know, yeah, I get, I do understand what you mean. There. I mean, this, but it's, it, it might be similar to when I mean, you get an implicit understanding of how music works, mm-hmm. don't you just by listening? Mm-hmm. You don't have to know that what every chord is called or anything like that to be able to like music and understand it. So if you've heard a lot of, I don't know, German folk music, for example, but you've never been there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You'd know, you'd think, okay, when, you know, if I went to wherever it is, you know, that's the type of music I'd expect to hear and vice versa. So I suppose it's sort of, you've learned that association without having, maybe through film, maybe through anything, all sorts of other mixed medias and stuff and other cultural associations with California or something. Yeah, I think there's a lot more to our experience than having actually, you know, physically been somewhere necessarily but yeah it's just yeah yeah I do know what you, I do know what you mean yeah and is there is there <laughs> is there types of music that would be more or a genre of music that would be more um powerful to you in terms of synesthesia than another genre well I was um I've been trained as a classical musician okay, so me for me yeah so for, for me I have quite um I have quite strong, I'm a clarinetist, so I have quite strong um, associations with not just not just hearing the music, but but knowing what the physical feel of playing certain pitches are. So that doesn't mean it has to be classical music necessarily, but playing that particular instrument, I do feel... I, you know, I can, when I listen to a clarinet, I can feel more or less what that feels like to play it and the vibrations and the resistance and everything as well. And then, but I think it really, I think I do listen to a lot of classical music. So yes. And I think the, the different types of instruments and timbres and stuff and mixed up things like that do have a, a big impact and the yeah. orchestral layout as well, the way my, where the landscapes work for me does have an impact. But having said that, it really depends on the, on the other things we were talking about, the emotional factors and my state of mind yeah. and the situation and things like that. So it's, there are certain types of music that I don't listen to much. I don't listen to an awful lot of country music, to be honest. But my my son is um, writes a lot of very heavy rap music, which is not really my type of stuff. But yeah. some of the things and the effects he uses do have quite um, textural Yeah. Yeah, you know, some of the, the processing that you can do on like on effects on vocals and stuff, it's very it can be very colourful. Yeah, yeah. And I think texture wise, I get quite a, a sense of texture. He did, he did something when he, he I don't know what he what he was using, some music production thing. And he all he did was scrape a, a pencil on a piece of paper like already really hard. And he used that as a sample and did something with it. And it had an enormous amount of dimension of colour and it was mainly, to be honest, it was mainly black and white monochromic stuff yep. but it had a lot of texture there so i mean it's it's, I don't know, it's, it's yeah and it has it's your son got synesthesia no he doesn't oddly but my other one my daughter does okay so it can just go from yeah. oh right i didn't know that yeah she's gorgeous um she's at the rncm ronald and college music she's a singer oh cool. a soprano and she has she has it not for exactly the same things as me but she has it 
And my oh. youngest child, I was trying, he was asking me what it was. And I said, well, well, you know, it's just like when you have, I don't know, when, uh, you know, D is orange or something. And it was obviously isn't, he says it's, and it came out with a completely different colour. <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe you've got it too, but you don't know either. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so oh. I don't know, but no. Okay. So it can, it can be genetic in a way, in a way. There's been some research suggesting that it is, yeah. You know, there have been some links through families, um, particularly through female size or something. Oh. But there, oh. Yeah, but that's still being looked at. Oh, I, I always think that if I was to describe, if someone asked me what synesthesia was and I couldn't describe if you know, me properly, which is, which is, mm. and always the thing, I always say, have you ever seen the movie Up? The old, oh, the old yeah. man with the balloons. To me, that's like synesthesia. That whole movie, like the music to it, the colors, like everything like that is a very synesthetic, yeah. uh, if that's the term, <laughs> kind of um, yeah. Uh, yeah. movie, if you know what I mean. Is there, is there any kind of movies that you would regard in terms of synesthesia? The, the music from Alien. Oh, right. Is, yeah. Is very golden okay strangely and uh, some incredibly ma- metallic texture that's it i would say um to see opening you know you know what i mean yep. but i think that's always been that way mm-hmm. for me so um but it depends i mean a lot and um the theme from schindler's list is basically black yeah, in the background it's and it's got um, it's quite thin, thin, thin silver strands. I was going to say, it's hard to, yeah, yeah. It's hard to explain, and it's sort of, uh, and that's quite that sort of moves across the screen. And when it changes later on, you get a very brown line at the bottom. It's, but that's just how. <laughs> but there's other, you know, that's just certain pieces of music. It's yeah. difficult to probably draw it better than I can describe yeah. it. It's always interesting hearing other people describe it, though, because you, like you said, it's yeah. very unique to everyone. It's just, it's yeah. never the same, really, for anyone. You could play, you could play an oboe to me, and I might think, "Oh, that sounds red," and it could sound, mm-hmm. you know, yellow to you. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, is it is a uh, the kind of the most popular one under the umbrella of synesthesia? I don't. No, and a lot of people do have it, but a lot of people have it, have it, what they call, the, the numbers and letters one is a, what they call grapheme synesthesia, and a, a lot of people have that, I think, okay. and it's, that's one of the ones that's more often um, researched and, and, and studied, you know, it's, it's all the topic of, a lot of, maybe there are more people who have it for letters and numbers or similar things. Okay. Um, but I don't, I don't know for sure, to be honest with you, but I think it's one of the most common ones, but often graphene colour synesthesia is, is examined most. So I think the, the thing with chromesthesia as well, I think also you've got, or with music in particular, you've got so many different types. I mean, it's what I would say, oh, you've got music colour synesthesia. Well, yeah, you know, some people have, like you said, you know, some people have it for certain instruments, certain, um, or some people have it for tones, keys, com- composers, different styles. And there's there's a lot of things that fall under this band of music colour synesthesia, mm-hmm. so it's difficult, and they might all work in a slightly different way. So it's difficult to say, because I mean I don't have it for tone, individual tones and stuff and like that sort of stuff, but I do have it for other things. And other people have different mixes, almost like um, 
absolute pitch sometimes you know okay. people have you know so some i don't have that and i don't have the tone one but some people have the tone one without absolute pitch which is just another way of labeling stuff i guess yeah. but it's just yeah there's it's um yeah it's, it's a little more involved than than i think you first you first realize that's all <laughs> and is it is there any research into synesthesia with regard to um when people take acid or dmt because a lot of people report that they see colors and you know mm. it, it, yeah, I, I, it can be produced yeah and right. i think um there have been there has been a little bit of research i mean i haven't mm. looked at it that's not sort of quite where i look <laughs> but i know for sure yeah it is and whether or not that is um related to um chemical reactions and stuff like that i, I don't i don't really know but it probably probably doesn't come about for the same reasons as say a um, type of synesthesia that I've got associated with music well it might do I don't I don't know for sure but yes certainly it can be listed you can be born with it you know or it can be induced under certain circumstances mm -hmm. and also some people have said that when they've become um had an injury a head injury and it can come about or certain forms of it have uh, come about or they've lost it or something when once that, that's happened so you would think that has something to do with okay. their connections in the brain that's their type of synesthesia is listed that way oh. um so yeah it can be and even if even, you know you don't have to be able to see to be able to experience colors even if you press your eye you shut your eyes and press your eyelids you get sparkly bits but you're not actually yeah. seeing in the, in the new the normal sense of the word and there's no light coming in and but still you can see color and so it doesn't necessarily have to be associated with normal vision. So yeah, because you know. I, I heard that talk that was on your website of a man who went blind in one of his eyes. He started to go. I think he was going blind in one, and he started to get synesthesia after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. yeah. So it's sort of it's difficult to say this is how synesthesia works. It's like this, and in fact, there's been a lot of researchers just recently just trying to throw out the one for all explanation as to why it happens yeah and try and look at it in a different ways so or different mechanisms and things like that so there's lots of reasons and which we're not entirely sure about yet yeah we're still exploring yeah to find out why why it comes about and yeah. why some people have it and some people don't or don't as much or yeah. yeah is is there a lot of research into synesthesia or is it a kind of it's growing uh, it's certainly growing really? yeah there is um yeah, just recently there seems to be a bit of an explosion about it. Yeah, so there's there's oh. quite a lot. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Well, I think it's like um, for several reasons. One that we're able to look use equipment now to look and see what's going on in the brain, mm. which is makes it easier to well, say easier. It's it's another way of seeing what's going on inside rather than looking at what goes in and what comes out and nothing mm -hmm. and nothing else. We're able to examine that. And again, it's something that's unusual. And often if you're looking at, to find out how we work normally, people often examine things that are strange to work out what's gone wrong or what is different in order to be able to understand more about how we work in a normal manner. You know, So I suppose it sort of gives an insight into how general cognition works. Yeah. And, and that ever present elephant in the room what is consciousness you know and why we have this experience you know of synesthesia and stuff that nobody still knows the answer to um so i think yeah i think that's that's probably why it's sort of yeah to understand a lot, how my brain works still yeah a lot, a lot of composers seem to have synesthesia 
it seems to be quite prevalent within composers. Is is, is do you well, find did you find that that's a main thing? There are a number of composers who've claimed to to have it, mm. and there are a number of not just composers but also pop stars and other musicians and things like that. And then I wonder. Um, a lot of them haven't ever been tested to see that it is actually synesthesia or is just something they have an association with different yeah. colours and that sort of stuff, which is slightly different. But whether or not it's more prevalent in musicians or not, or composers, I don't know, because they may just be more aware of it because it's yes. something they're doing all the time. Yeah. You know, um, just as you know, if you're constantly composing and you realise you're associated with this and you know what it's called, a lot of them may may have it and not realise and stuff. I think if yeah. you're involved in arts and creative side, I mean, there's nothing that's... I mean, people are creative in just straight down the line scientists and stuff as well, not because, you know, they are thinking in that way, but they may not be exposed to things that makes them hear things, see colours, as if you're an artist or, or, or a musician. It might just be a little bit more obvious that mm -hmm. that's what's happening, mm -hmm. I think. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I have noticed... I do know quite a few young young up-and-coming composers as well who've got it too but I think it's just I do think it's probably just as prevalent in the general population they're just not aware of it yeah <laughs> I, I, I was reading Kanye West said he had it but you don't know what Kanye he could convince himself he had it you never know <laughs> no no exactly he said he had it you've got Lady Gaga and Farrell Williams and you've got okay but yeah but also other people who said recently they've got it and, and so they might very well um so but it's just something that's yeah I think it's becoming quite popular I've noticed musicians going I've got this I don't know but it could also be because somebody just said there's like there's more research going on with synesthesia than has been before in the last say 20 30 years or so mm -hmm. and maybe they know what it is now maybe you know, so because, that's true yeah sort of like sort of it's just it's it's out there's quite a lot of pop science out there about it as well yeah. so it's not just all sort of within ivory tower university sort of stuff but a lot of stuff um popular books in even david eagleman's put stuff out there on his um on on youtube and and sitara's book and there's quite a few books you know that are easy to 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 sort of read and get a handle on so it's not such a a mysterious thing and it's sort of been in the guardian and on bbc and god knows what so and yeah. lots of podcasts coming out so i reckon they probably got an idea they think oh right yeah i've got i do that yeah i've got yeah so whereas before i you know yeah no idea what it was called well <laughs> even in like um you know i used pro tools to record in ableton and in pro tools you can label all the tracks different colors ah so like yeah. you know i'll label whatever kind of color see when you're when you're mixing you just see oh it's just a row of different colors like yeah so even in the people who are making the production software there's a certain amount of synesthesia could be in that. So indeed, yeah, I know some. I think my, my son uses something similar, and he'd got all his different tracks, different colours, but they were. But he he hasn't got it, so he just doesn't use it as a thing. But I, I would it would annoy me if if um, the track was in the wrong colour. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go he in and rearrange them. <laughs> yeah, I'm having to rearrange a different colour for that one. That's yeah, all right. <laughs> so you have it with words as well. Or with the numbers? Um, not words. I have it. I don't, not letters, just numbers. I don't know why I don't have it for letters at all. Though certain, having said that, certain words, certain words have a certain hue about them, but I'm not really. Okay. It's not uniform throughout, but certain, num but definitely numbers. So what, what's three? 
Red. Okay. 29? Well, two is yellow, bright <laughs> yellow, right? And then nine is a sort of a, a mucky yellow. Okay. So, so would that be, yeah, would, so would, would you be able to memorize numbers and like, like phone numbers easily because of that? It helps. Right. I can remember what all of the numbers, the colors are in as well. Yeah, it does help. It does help. Oh. So, but it's just, um, yeah. Like, That's interesting. Yeah, it does help. That's interesting. The only thing is, like, if I get something like um, with threes and sixes in, mm -hmm. the three, three and six are both red, slightly different color, but not much. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's irritating because then I can't remember sometimes I get threes and sixes around the wrong way around because they're very close colours. So it depends. If they're really different, then that's that's not so bad, you know. But um yeah, I just yeah. So like fives and twos, I said like the yellow yellow for the two is quite um quite bright. And the five is quite close to it's sort of in between the nine and the and the two. So it's not quite the same yellowy colour, it's sort of mean it's not as mucky as the nine but it's sort of like but yeah but if I got a five and a two and a nine then that would be a bit of a nine apart from the nine's different shape so I might remember the okay. nine as a different shape but five and the two would be odd no so it doesn't <laughs> yeah, it's all very complicated <laughs> yes yes and no <laughs> so it can get confusing yeah 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 uh-huh oh right and so when you when you're doing um research do you bring people in who don't have synesthesia in the hopes that you can see do they have synesthesia or do you bring people in who have synesthesia well, when I did, when I've, I've done a research that couple of years ago, last year, looking at musical keys and with, mm -hmm. with written musical keys, not the sounding of them, but by looking at them. And I actually, actually had to try and find people who actually had that particular type of synesthesia. Okay. So um, I sort of asked, well, you sort, you sort of put a call out to see if anybody who's got it and if they're interested in participating in the study. And I also needed people who were what you call controls, who haven't got it at all you know, something to compare. So you always need a control group as well. So I've used as the, you know, the UK Synesthesia Association, they quite often have people who are interested in studying. So also the RSDM have lots and lots of musicians there. And I managed to get some people from there and my personal contacts as well. So yeah, you sort of call out for people who've got it and, and people who haven't. I'm going to be doing another study, hopefully sometime the rest of this year. So I should be looking for people again who've got it with music there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I I um, I know I was saying earlier about the psilocybin and the and the acid and so that. It, like, it, it, you know the way we have DMT in our brains, like we have a certain mm -hmm. amount of DMT. It could it in any way be related to that? I know people say when there's this thing that when our when we die, the DMT kind of you know starts to come out of our brains, and that's why people see. You know, they might say they've seen God or something like that and they get revived. Yeah. And is, is it the DMT leaking? Is there is there any correlation between that and synesthesia? Or do you know? Absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you ideas here. Hey? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, you never interesting, know. Idea. Interesting concept. I don't know. Wow, well, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can write that one down. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> Old one. Do you do you um do you compose music? I don't. You don't. No, I don't. No. Okay, you just play. Yeah, I just play other people's pieces of music. Now I don't. No, I, don't, I only compose under duress. That's sort of like one for examination situations and stuff. No, I just don't. Never had the. 
drive to. No, that's what it's not. No. Right. Okay. I always like to compose more than playing. I'd be quite late. Yeah, yeah. Quite lazy. You know, I'm like, oh, God. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, no, I could just compose this. And, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's, it's, it can be, you know, there's some people that are like just these unbelievable piano players and they never compose either. Yeah. So, because I think to be that good nowadays, it's, uh, it's either one or the other, maybe. I think it is. Uh, well, it's not not always. Not I think always. plenty of composers who are damn good players mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on what you, where your creative streak lies, isn't it? Yeah. I think you know. Certainly, um, you could argue that you're just reproducing somebody else's piece of music, but then every time you hear something, it's slightly different because notation's only a certain way you yeah. can write stuff down, isn't it? So, um, I think, I think you just, I just think it just depends yeah. on. Where you get your kicks from? I <laughs> uh, massive pleasure in, in in you know sort of playing other people's music or listening to other people's music. Um, and so yeah, I mean it's just it's not my thing, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think there was a lot more. I think back in we'd say Mozart's time and stuff like that, everyone that was a great composer was a great musician. Tended to be, yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. even the kings and stuff like that, they would be probably quite good piano players compared to a lot of people now. Yeah, education is completely, to be accomplished, whatever it was, you have to be able to speak God knows what language, yeah. play, this, that, and other, and all these other things. It was completely different um, in the courts, at least, mm. I would have thought, the high society and all the rest of it. But no, it's just, yeah, I mean, I. You have to, it's like, I suppose it's like writing a novel, then writing a story. You've got to have an idea in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, you've got to have this, I want to write this, I want to, I want to express this, that and the other, and not everybody writes the stories, not always, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to have that idea in the first place, even though you may have all the ability and the technical know-how to put all the language down beautifully, but if you haven't got that concept in the first place, then it's not your thing, yeah. somebody else can do that. <laughs> would, would... And then, of course, you know, so like years ago as well, people used to have, People were, used to be uh, employed as an arranger. I don't know that still happens now. I suppose actually, in, in, especially in popular music. But you know, people are particularly good at arranging, and a composer may have lots and lots of ideas, and then somebody else would arrange it for them, rather than them. Yes. You know, necessarily doing it from scratch. There's different skills and different things. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I would actually when I I was working with an orchestra in Sweden years ago mm. and I had you know the scores written out and on some of the scores I was like play more red and they were like play more red what's this guy <laughs> what? talking oh, about yeah, I thought they'd be like totally down for it I thought oh they really look like oh, a, there was a conductor who asked somebody to buy it but a bit more blue I forget who the hell was it I've forgotten the name anyway but it was something he said like a little more blue <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah you're thinking they know exactly what I'm talking about and you're like I'm talking oh, about yeah oh, I need to hide now <laughs> where can I hide <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so wow. So anyways, I'm sure I've taken up enough of your time talking. Oh, it was great. I love talking about synesthesia. Oh, do you? <laughs> Two more hours, <laughs> so <laughs> but um I'll probably let you go because I'm sure you have plenty more things to do than me talking to me about synesthesia. Oh, it was very good. Thank I you. I really appreciate your time, Caroline. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. That's great. That's great. And I'll, uh, I may... I'll link you up when it's up online and all this, all that jazz. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it'll be great. Thank you. I might call on you as a as um, a participant for one of my studies. Oh, do really yeah. Unlucky. 
too. Yeah. yeah. Just just be aware I'm I'm a crazy person. Okay. Join the club. Right, great. Well, you have a great, right. great day. I really enjoyed talking. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.